The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you are about to hear was originally recorded on November 30th, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. I got the chance to talk to Will, Matt, and Chris from Saskatoon indie trio Close Talker right before their show in Edmonton at the end of November. We met up at the Aviary and chatted over coffees in the green room about their extraordinary silent 3D binaural headphone tour that just happened in support of their latest record, How Do We Stay Here? They're back to just a regular tour now, and the band talked about how it feels to be playing out loud again after working on a show that's such a departure from a regular concert-going experience. In the rapid-fire section, we get the scoop on the band's past as waste management workers, chicken pickers, and lifelong close friends. Here's a close talker. Um, My name is Will, and I play guitar and sing in the band Close Talker. Uh, I'm Chris, and I play drums. And I'm Matt. Perfect. How are you guys doing? Doing good. A little chilly, if I I can be honest. I feel I can be. Is this a safe space? (laughs) this is a safe space to declare you're cold yeah i'm cold but the that doesn't in no way reflects the vibes the vibes are warm but my core temperature is cold (laughs) yeah we're at aviary here you guys got in like not too long ago half an hour ago yeah yeah played calgary last night yeah we played calgary at the palomino Mm. okay Mm. yeah and uh we've had a few shows there before and they've always been really great Love the barbecue before the show. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. always a perk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good show. Nice. Yeah, you guys felt things went well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. This this whole tour has been really awesome. So mm-hmm. um, it feels like we're picking up some momentum at this stage and yeah, yeah, carrying it through to the end. Yeah, I know. I was talking to you guys before. You're going east to west this time, right? As opposed yeah. to the other way. We did it smarter because now uh, it only happens a couple times, but we gain an hour. So it's it's a small it's a minuscule thing, but it, for morale, that's huge. We've we've toured west to east before, and we're like, man, what time's Van call in the morning? Do we have to get up like at seven or six or eight or whatever? And then that hour time change, it it it's tough. It can it, turn your day around. It can turn your <laughs> for day for sure, around. especially when you're working on like six hours of sleep if you can stretch that yeah. to seven, yeah. <laughs> seven that's that's huge that's it, a big margin every little bit yeah so you guys are going between canada and the states right yeah yeah dipping down a little bit uh we started off in new york and we played dc in washington for the first time which was really great and oh, okay just a cool city uh weirdest thing trump we he wouldn't, we had a meeting schedule, fell through, blah, blah, blah. It was just the weirdest thing because yeah, we crazy. had some thoughts. But, uh, <laughs> and then we also dipped down for in the States in Chicago, Minneapolis. We went under okay. the Great Lakes. But apart from that, primarily Canada, which is great. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, Chicago is like a stunning city. It's yeah. like so cool. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so this is kind of a return, like you guys had done uh, what we'll touch on, I'm sure later, kind of a like special tour mm-hmm. using air quotes. And you guys yeah. are back to kind of just like playing uh, out loud, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how is, I guess, the switch back to that after having done uh, a very different experience? It's like 
I've found it really interesting talking about it because it's the the summer tour that we will talk about, I'm sure, is very special and unique. And I don't want that to like detract from what we're doing now. So For it's sure. um it's hard to say something was great and that come across like the other thing isn't great, but um I really like playing shows in this more conventional setting sure, with a yeah. PA system and speakers and I think it you really um can connect with people a lot easier and and like really feed off a crowd's energy more and For there's sure. something that this really brings that I'm excited about. Yeah, I I'll just add like with the immersion tour the the silent headphone 360 binaural tour we did <laughs> it it was cool because it was a different look like close talker ha is kind of kind of a more versatile sound we've evolved into so there is like a reflective introspective side and and that context and setting was really we we're able to kind of reach a new level of intimacy and then with uh playing live in a pa with the bass pumping and we're we're all like a little more wiggly and energetic we're, we're able to like kind of evoke a different energy so it's it's just really just two looks at the same band they're the same songs but it's it's kind of cool to experience them just two different ways so it's it's definitely yeah both are like super valuable and both are like super fun and and have different challenges but also different rewards for us as, as a band for sure uh, i guess it would probably be worth uh and i mean you kind of did there giving a quick kind of rundown of what that actually was yeah uh does anybody want to jump on that <laughs> sure I, I got a little synopsis memorized yeah. here uh, yeah, let's do it um, yeah <laughs> so um for those who who maybe wouldn't know we passed through across Canada this past August actually just ahead of the release of our new album how do we stay here and it sort of stemmed from this desire to do a listening party and have our album heard in a in a safe controlled context where we could hear all the little nuances that we scrutinized over so long story short we developed this uh, concept and idea to do a silent headphone concert which of course has been done before but we kind of amped it up with the 3D binaural mixing technology and, and implementing that, which is really cutting edge and new and, and, and the buzzword is immersive. So what it did was the audience is seated, all wearing headphones, no bad seat in the house, every mix is, is perfect and it puts them in the middle of the music and we're able to move instruments and sounds around them in real time. And so it, it like really engulfed them in the sound, which was cool. And it was strangely personal, but also strangely communal because everyone's like in their own headspace to, to put it on the nose. And but also like everyone's kind of a part of this special thing that's new and everyone has a twinkle in their eye at the end of the show because no one was able to digest what was happening. So at the end of the show, it was really cool to kind of see people just like digest what happened like like they were a part of something special and that was cool for us to kind of watch right. every night yeah i mean like the whole point of it in a lot of ways was to let people kind of experience music on their own terms mm -hmm. and really just like create this world or atmosphere that people could just like enter into and not have any obstacles in their way like in a, yeah. in a conventional show I mean, you have people talking or you have um, the bar making noise or different things. Some people are taller than other people, so they can't see around. Is There's just like a lot of different variables, things, yeah. variables that go on at a show. So we we did this to really create like this perfect atmosphere. So it, like Matt said, it was cool 
when we finished the show and people kind of came out of that space because they were in it for like by themselves for you know 40 to 60 minutes yeah and uh yeah it was really cool to and interesting to talk to people and and see how they reacted and connected because lots of times even like playing a, a a song and you end the song at a bar you know people clap and cheer but in this type of setting it was very personal with lots of people so some people would clap but some people just kept their eyes closed like it was a very like it's kind of intimate stoic uh experience so yeah Yeah. judging that from now the bar shows that we're doing it's it's two totally different things like you can't really even compare them a lot a lot less people cry at the bar shows <laughs> so take take that as you will i yeah. don't know what that means but wait i i won't say that there's zero tears i can't i can't speak to that but uh there's less tears yeah yeah it's a good goal for the rest of the tour though yeah we're try- we're all we're trying to do out here at close talk we're just trying to make people cry across the country <laughs> it's all we're trying to do crying across canada yeah exactly. 2019 <laughs> yeah yeah uh so so kind of like uh because it seems to me, like to some extent, the kind of album and this specific performance of it are kind of linked together. Um, how kind of far into the process of making the record did you get before you started thinking that you might want to kind of tour it in that way? We were, I guess, the the idea stemmed when we were almost at the studio. I think we were like driving back from the tour towards making this record. Yeah. Um, then the kind of 3D binaural aspect of it uh, didn't come to fruition until after the record. So yeah. they're, there they're was very an integrated. We didn't have, when we were writing the record, we didn't necessarily think about it being performed in this way. Yeah. Um, but still, they're so closely matched because we were, as we were thinking about recording the record and and uh, mixing the record, we are also starting to plan this experience. Right. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure it was like a cognitive decision that the album just so happens to be heavily themed in like being in this moment and just being right. still and and taking a minute to reflect on on experiences that are potent in people's lives, both both positive and negative, but. I'm really glad it worked out the way it did because yeah. the the atmosphere we we're trying to create create was totally catering to also the themes of the record of just like take a minute, press pause, be by yourself, be comfortable with that, right. and 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 take the album for what it is, and and it's open to interpretation, and we we celebrate that. But for us, it does wrestle with these like concepts of time that are totally universal, like no one's exempt, and that's that's kind of special to to be I will part add of. That I think with the record, the themes of the record and the themes of the Immersion Show having such close unity, I feel like we were really craving those feelings at that time of just like wanting to kind of like make more experiences and like reflect on certain moments and like Matt said, like be still with like a piece of art. I think we were we were maybe in that headspace for that whole year and like these two projects kind of stemmed from kind of a desire to feel that way right yeah and but they never were like affecting the other we we were sort of approaching them very separately i don't remember thinking when we were recording the record that we were like planning this show it was very much like two separate things 
Uh, would you say then to, um, were there lessons you kind of learned in adapting how you perform to play silently that you've kind of carried forward into this kind of tour? Yeah, I would say like one of the things that stood out, there's a few shows that I really noticed this. I think Edmonton, since we're in Edmonton, I'm thinking about that performance. Um, at the gallery? At the gallery. And it, it um, when you're playing any show for myself, I'm really like trying to feel what's happening in the room. And, and if there's like, some excitement in the room you can feed off of that and right. um, over the years we've really tried to work to separate ourselves a little bit from that and feed off of each other then depend on a room to like get that energy right um, but in the immersion show since everyone's sitting down and sometimes their eyes are closed or it's you don't really get that at all so I think that was one thing that we were very forced to just focus on performing and um, really working with each other in that aspect. Um, Edmonton in particular was uh, very quiet the entire show and we right. were, it was the second one of the tour and so we were even thinking like, are we blowing this? Like, is this <laughs> not really like getting to people? And then yeah. it ended up being like the biggest response from like any of the shows. Nearly every person bought a record. So that it oh, did okay. connect, but there was a minute there where like I echo what Chris said, we're like, is it working? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll just like echo what Chris said. Like we definitely had to practice what we preached, in in just leaning into the music and and depending on it for energy and things like that, as opposed to trying to like evoke energy from the audience and then feed off each other and ha try try to have it snowball, right. which which is a more like conventional setting that can happen. Like shows that are bumping, it's pretty hard to remain unenthusiastic when right. the band is given her. But this was this was definitely different context but i think it kind of lent itself and what i learned and took away was again it it kind of ties into the album of like we this new record how do we stay here it has a lot more of a quiet confidence and just like this is what we are take it or leave it um and i don't mean that in an arrogant sense it was just kind of like a little victory for us as a band of like we've we've grown and matured and and we made these decisions and they're I mean, selfishly, we're for us first and foremost. And in a live context with immersion, I definitely like learned that that it was just, I don't know, it, it was still like intimate with the with the audience and us, but there, it was a little bit more fragmented than a conventional show. Right. So just having to lean into the music and tap into that quiet confidence, <laughs> which which was a good exercise. The yeah. other aspect I'd say is that since everyone's wearing headphones and we're really dialing in the sound for every single aspect um you it was just like everything's under this microscope and you right. can't like we just practiced so much and really worked on the songs and the the arrangements of every every part from like mixing each key patch to just like getting the details in each performance down because you're just like you can hear all of that stuff all with headphones whereas in like a normal show like some of it can kind of go right. unnoticed and we're just like re trying to achieve perfection in, in, with <laughs> the sound in, in that show so it's um, I think it really pushed us to improve our um, live performance mm -hmm. uh, are you, just out of curiosity are you guys when you do that are you playing along with the click or like do you have like things programmed in in terms of pans and no it's all just kind of done live 
yeah, yeah we've been we've been really um like working for the entire life of the band to never play with a click or yeah. backing tracks um that was like it's been part of our sort of mantra from the very beginning yeah, for to sure. avoid Push that. comes to show we're a rock and roll band you know? <laughs> um, yeah we we use um our keyboards are all MIDI instruments, so if okay. we're going to get a little techy here, um, that allows us to not travel with a whole bunch of vintage keyboards. We can right. um, have them pull up on main stage instantly. <laughs> um, it's amazing. It's amazing. So that's that's our like our um, way to achieve. What that's we our do. one loophole we've tapped into. Yeah. I will <laughs> say, for the immersion show in particular, we had um, a tech by the name of Kellen Thackeray. Uh, he, pro- what, like with our help, obviously, we, we programmed um, 3D binaural moves like map, throughout the whole show. Kind of so out, yeah. we did this prior to the tour where we like would sit down and be like, okay, what do we want to do in this song? Because with the technology, like the options are endless. Like you can right. really do crazy things and we didn't want to take it to like a gimmicky place where it was just like making people dizzy or being like what is this what's happening right now so we wanted it to still feel like comfortable and just one singular vibe Mm -hmm. um but with the with the each song we kind of mapped out like four or five different moves um that kellen was triggering yeah um throughout each song choosing our moments yeah we've been a a three-piece for a few years now but for this tour it was very much a four person operation like right. Kellen was such an integral part of yeah. that show and um, just in creating the 3D space and, and really working with our music to create that show so yeah yeah. and another shout out in case he hears this uh, Hugo our, our French genius from Montreal he was also an integral piece in, in getting this off the ground and at the end of the day, we were just enthusiastic band guys, and it was the help and intelligence of other people that really got it going. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's interesting because I think that whole kind of project speaks to some, like, uh, dare I say, optimism about yeah. kind of what technology can do for music and performance and stuff like that. Totally. Um, I, I guess um, even if you could speak a bit to that, like, how do you think that those things can actually benefit? what we all do instead of kind of making them harder <laughs> yeah sure I, I have six thoughts um no uh it's it's actually interesting you bring this up we were just in montreal and we briefly took part in a tech conference that was about music and tech and advancements and this very thing and um we were able to sit in on this session and i was able to share briefly just from an artist perspective as someone who doesn't speak in acronyms and knows all the ins and outs of what's happening and it was just cool to see like our our hope is that this project would grow far beyond close talker of course and other people would be inspired and push the envelope for for them and and their music and art and like i could see this in like i don't know art installations and different things and just like honestly the sky is the limit like we really scratched the surface and and audio has been playing catch up to lights and video as far as like the trifecta in in the industry and i don't know i i'm so excited by it um and just like knowing that like i don't know if this is fair to come from us but it was a success and like the testimonies we had from people about like wow that was the most 
meaningful show I've been to or right. or things like that. Like the the fact that it was a success to create this atmosphere, I think is a testament to to new depths for for audio. Totally, and I think like I personally have a tough relationship with technology and advancements in technology because I do think lots of times they can water down meaningful moments right you know you you think about it like going to a show and instead of everyone really engaging everyone just has their phone out ready to like hear their favorite chorus of the song or something like that and I think people are not experiencing things as fully as maybe they could and this is kind of like a counter to that of like we are using technology to bring more meaningful experiences as yeah, yeah as a tool to like to really depth. utilize what we can do with stuff and and make it more meaningful than than maybe just an average show yeah like we we the analogy we used when we were trying to like plan out our moments and and as will said not take it to a gimmicky place like you think of the rise of 3d movies and there's one avenue you could take is Sharknado 3D, where the shark's jumping out at you, and it's like, yeah. oh man, is that really adding depth to the experience, or is it just like a cheap tech move? And we, uh, again, going hand in hand with our record and all the philosophies behind that, we wanted to just just add depth. Like that was what we were craving as individuals, as a band, and and so this was like a cool just exercise in like chasing something to fruition. Like it started out as just like a half-baked idea and then to, to actually take it to fruition was like something we really cherish. Yeah. Uh, with that, we'll probably move on to the rapid fire stuff. All right, let's do it. Perfect. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. 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 Strong answers. Uh, favorite pit stop on tour? Uh, Bose Bar in Red Deer. Oh my gosh. Bose Bar in Red Deer. <laughs> Like pit stop or venue? Or, uh, mm, like like pit stop, like coffee shop, food oh, place. Part of me. There's so many. Pita I'm, pit, or like booster juice. Like when when we've when we've been going for a bit and we need a cleanse, that, yeah. that always like <laughs> comes three days too late. That's but a bit of a reset button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris. Yeah. I'm just it's it's all just flying by. <laughs> oh, Chicago yeah. Music Exchange is like a really. Oh yeah, cool guitar shop, but it's overwhelming. It as it's equal parts exciting and overwhelming. I don't know. Uh, cake or pie? Pie. I'm gonna go cheesecake. Okay. I can deepen it a little bit more. <laughs> We've talked about this a lot. Pie for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there a record that you feel like you're like the only person in the world that likes it? I don't know. We're pretty basic. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. We're not basic, but but <laughs> ours, there's our, records within our band that I know that I would like and these guys wouldn't like, and I'm sure that's the same for for yeah. all of us. So our Venn diagram overlaps a lot. Like we do share a lot of the same records. Like on all of our top ten, I bet you there'd be probably be four records that overlap with all of each other. But a record that I'm really into uh, Floating Points Crush right now. It's an electronic okay. album. Ooh. Gosh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, think, I don't know if I have an answer. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Uh, weirdest job you've ever had? I worked at the wastewater treatment plant. Oh. For probably three years. <laughs> this isn't really a job, but I did this a few times. Uh, chicken picked in Abbotsford. 
What, so what is that in? What is that in? Basically, you go in like in the middle of the it's night. Horrible. Headlamps. Uh, you got a full bodysuit on, and you pick up chickens and put them in basically cupboards. Okay. Yes. It's not for the faint of heart or the vegans who are listening. No, I'd imagine the chickens don't like that very much. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they, I don't know. It, we did it like I was for my volleyball team, and we were like <laughs> trying to raise money. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so we kind of got forced into it. But mine yeah, is actually weird. Mine is actually super similar to chicken picking. I was a youth minister. Okay. For a number of a uh, number of years, it's not not, not similar at all. Like but it was thing. it was strange. It it requires an array of skills and patience, and I still love those kids. Those smelly, crazy, wild. <laughs> they didn't listen to me, but yeah, but uh, but they were lovely. Yeah, I cherish those years. What about you, Sean? Yeah, weirdest well, job I've ever yeah. had. Yeah, we're turning it on you. Uh, I worked at a pawn shop for like a year in North Battleford. Far out. Right. It was very odd. What's um, the weirdest thing someone tried to trade in or get money I, for? I don't even know. It was more the owners. Um, oh. It was they were like classic kind of like uh, first gen or not first gen like kids of immigrants that were very Ukrainian, mm. which is like classic kind of prairie background. Yeah, and just neither of them could hear and just had your hearing aids that did not get used and people would just like come in and shout at them and they couldn't it was like and then they'd, they'd have stuff that got pawned to them like 30 years ago that it was in some corner of some basement Amazing. somewhere so well, okay I think you place. win yeah, yeah that's cool <laughs> uh first car I had a Toyota Matrix uh I used to use my parents vehicles up until my first car is a 2002 Volkswagen Golf uh, first car I bought personally was a 1992 Mazda Protege. Uh, I was owned by an old lady that used it to get groceries, very low miles, Perfect. and uh, I turned it into a cube. Several <laughs> years later, nice. <laughs> took out the battery, gave it to a friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, video games versus board games, or alternatively sports. 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 All sports, folks. What? What? Uh, I guess what kind of sports? What uh, um, genre? Mm. I'm a big basketball fan. Matt and I actually have a rec men's basketball team. Heavy on the recreation. Yeah. <laughs> we go to, you know, get our steps in. Yeah. It's good. It's good fun. We're not very good, but it's fun to play. Yeah. We take it pretty serious. <laughs> I grew up playing like football and then the weird quirky thing for Christopher and I, if I may share. It's yeah. okay. Chris and I uh, did Taekwondo for like a soft 20 years damn okay yeah cool. don't mess with us no <laughs> just kidding we're like i'm a pacifist so. <laughs> uh last thing you ate waffles 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 my oh, father-in-law so we were in calgary last night that's okay. where my wife is from uh oh, shout okay. out to janessa i love you you're gorgeous and patient and wonderful wonderful lady um <laughs> and my father-in-law uh, he is famous for making waffles, and he made them for us. And okay. thank you to Daryl. You are uh, gorgeous, patient, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> He's listening for oh, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, radio versus podcasts. Uh, podcasts. We're a podcast group. Yeah, We're but I do love radio. Is that is that like then like gets played in the van kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, okay. What do you guys listen to? Oh, done them all. Name one. <laughs> yeah. We we actually this oh, this is super depressing. Well, not depressing, but it it's an impressive stat. We thought about it, and I think we've driven close to three hundred thousand kilometers together. 
right? Like or uh, like close. Over two. Definitely. Definitely over, over two. two. Close to the two two hundred fifty. Anyway, that's a <laughs> lot of hours, and and like we don't need to talk to each other for that long. So yeah. we we rep a lot of podcasts. But yeah, I don't know. One don't we're know. into right now is the rewatchables. Mm. Okay. And they just go through older movies and just critique them to like the bare bones. They dissect them yeah. and they have categories like uh, who won the movie, what were some casting what ifs. So like, for example, Forrest Gump, they off- they offered it to John Travolta. What a garbage movie that would have been. <laughs> so thank you, John Travolta, for turning it down. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Uh... If you could open for any band, who would you open for? Will had a dream about this. Yeah, I did. I had a dream that we opened for Bonnie Bear, and he like took us around the town after Justin <laughs> Vernon, and he just like loved us and thought we were his best friends. And then I woke up, and it was all a dream, not reality at all. But I would, I would probably. Oh, there's so many bands. I mean. In my gut, I would say The National or Radiohead, but... Those are smaller bands. Yeah, just smaller bands. Also, The War on Drugs, I think, would be a really cool fit. I'd huck one more in there, Grizzly Bear, just because I'm not confident they will tour much more ever, so we, we might not have the opportunity. Uh, Chris, do you have any to add? I mean, I'd echo a lot of that, but I'd probably want to bring a band back like Castle River. And just open for them. Just Suck up. Nice. My fave. Yeah. Or a 2008 Morning Benders or something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, is there an album that spurred your love of music? Oh. I had a Rush kick when I was like 10. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Rush, Rush. Rush, <laughs> Foo Fighters. Just like into some great rock music. Um, yeah, that's what comes to mind of like initial stuff. I was very into and still am into jazz. Um, I would say it's more a teacher than an artist that got me really <laughs> into music. But for sure, yeah. For me, I might go with the. I think it's 1986 Eric Clapton live DVD. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt and I have watched this a lot of times. Uh, yeah, we have two. We both have a copy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phil Collins does, does a, it in the air tonight. In, in the air tonight. Yeah, because he's drumming, and then who's it's who's amazing. the bass player? Miller. Uh, Someone incredible. I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. They start with white room. But uh, it's heavy. Yeah. But yeah, that honestly, that was like the first like concert, like video I watched, and uh, I'd probably say that. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> I grew up singing in church a lot, so it's okay. like, and like CDs weren't the devil or anything, but uh, I did, I did I'm, that I'm trying, too. I'm trying to think like, if there was, honestly, like I got Big Shiny Tunes 5 for like my 11th birthday or something, and Chris actually, Chris used to make me mix CDs all the time growing up, and they had a lot of rush and a lot of doors, but I, I don't know, I'm not sure I could pinpoint an, an album that, that not at this moment, sorry. Oh, no worries. How, how long have you guys actually like all like known each other then? Too long. Too long. Too long. <laughs> I think we're coming up on 22 years, Matt and I. Yeah. Okay. Um, Will and I are probably about almost 15. Yeah, probably 15. Yeah, f- 16, I guess. Yeah. Same kind of era. Yeah, I met yeah. Matt in like grade seven. Yeah. 
and then Chris in grade nine. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. It's and been Chris a while. And I, Chris and I used to bike to school together up the hill. Uh, so we've known each other for ages. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Very cool. I guess, yeah. I feel like bands from Saskatoon, or just not even Saskatoon, but small places in particular, tend mm. to have like very close-knit membership like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, we were talking about Bombargo before, and it's the yeah. same with those guys. They're all from like a two-block radius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. actually same as us, hey? Yeah, we were North End Saskatoon. Yeah, all North Enders. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the number one thing you spend time doing outside of music stuff? Mm. Sleeping, eating, <laughs> driving, <laughs> driving in a van. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind I mean, of I related that... to music stuff, I guess, because it's. I'm a big fan of being outside and going camping and canoeing. Oh, yeah. um, so I'm hoping to do a lot more of that this next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a parent. So my son and I, there's this cool, super rad museum in Saskatoon. I, this isn't what I spend most time doing. It's just <laughs> generally chasing him around and and keeping him uh, alive. I, and I, I'm not saying that in a cheeky way. The kid's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's busy. Yeah. Uh, if you could uh, get lunch with any kind of musical idol, who would that be? Mm. Tom York. Uh, uh, Blake, probably Blake Mills for me. Oh, okay. Mm. Blake Mills, maybe Sean Everett. You're not the first person to say Blake Mills. I yeah, think. I mean, it's, that guy. He's, he's, yeah, he's, I would, he's like I would do yeah. maybe Aaron Dessner. Oh yeah. Um, well, I've already met him. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I met him at a coffee shop in Eau Claire. It was like <laughs> it was like a three second interaction, yeah. but I just wanted to huck that in there. You know, it okay, makes yeah. I I sleep better at night knowing that people know that I've met him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very last question. Uh, you guys have like local recommendations, bands that are great out of Saskatoon that you want to talk about? Mm, yeah, our uh, friends in the band Pontex, um, Mario LePage, 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 Mario, Mario. Yeah, um, yeah he is amazing. Um, all of his stuff that he's put out this year, from the videos to his re- a new record. I think he produced a lot of it yeah. himself and recorded it himself, and it's incredible. So I'd definitely throw him in there. This is uh, Regina, not Saskatoon. Are you gonna um, we just played a show with uh, Marissa Burwell, who is absolutely amazing. So yeah, Marissa Burwell. Watch out, world! <laughs> <laughs> I echo Chris. Yeah, that was that was a standout show for us on this tour. Um, yeah, so we'll expand it to Saskatchewan and, and throw 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 her in there perfect well we're at the end of things here we normally kind of wrap things up by playing a track so we'll play something off the new record is there one that uh you guys want to spotlight oh oh gosh uh okay the first track we ever recorded for the album is called arm's length and it's like that quiet confidence we talked about it's really sparse it it's not trying to be anything it isn't so i i will choose arm's length for the listeners Perfect. Excellent. Well, uh, that's coming on up. Uh, Thank you guys so much for sitting down with me. Uh, Our pleasure. Good luck at the show tonight. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Sean Newton. The featured track was played with permission from Close Talker. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowerecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.